Daniela, very warm welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. It's, it's so exciting to have you. I know you did a coaching for my team, which they love. And I told them at the time I couldn't attend, but I really wanted to sit down face to face and, and speak with you. You're an image consultant and a professional coach. I don't know how many image consultants there are in Mauritius. I, I still view it as something quite unique. What is your why, if I may ask? It's a very broad question, but what drove you to, to go down this path? Actually, I was, after my studies in marketing management, I worked for a slimming and beauty center, and our clients were losing a lot of weight. And after having lost a lot of weight, they wanted to change their appearance and be a new version of themselves. And this is where I got the idea of doing image coaching. I thought it would be a nice way for them to finish then makeover. They do the slimming and then they start with the appearance part and the behavior part. And it's also my way of leaving like a footprint, you know, like they will never forget the person that taught them how to dress, how to behave. It's my way of contributing to, to, to a positive self-esteem as well for them. Mm. And, and did you feel that it was at the time you started that that was a fairly new aspect in the Mauritian culture to, to, to care about one's appearance, if I may put it like that. At that point, they started already to care about their appearance. We had a lot of people coming for slimming. So that's, that's actually what made me think about doing something else because I thought they are already interested in investing in themselves. So why not introduce a new concept? And yes, I, I've always wanted to help people in a way or another. And I thought, why not? Let's try. And a service is always nice because you, you can keep on adding new services as you go along as well. So it was quite new. At that time, I looked for image coach to help my clients and there was no image coach. So that's when I decided maybe I could study it myself. So I went to South Africa and I did image coaching for ladies, for gents, and I loved it. So I did for corporate environment as well. So it's interesting that you mentioned gents. I think one of the myths that people maybe tend to have is that it's only ladies who should care after their appearance. So do you get a lot of men clients as well? I'm getting more and more male clients coming to me. Often it's for business purposes, like they, they want to project a nice image, they're investing in themselves. It's their way of contributing to their success. So they're putting all their chances on their side appearance, behavior, attitude, and all those things that will help them. They've got already their knowledge about their job, but it's just adding on new skills to help them in succeeding in what they, they're doing, actually. So it's not just physical appearance, it's also the softer skills that, that you look after. So for example, when you mention behavior or the way you carry yourself, what are some of the things that you look at in them to be able to advise them? So when I meet a client, I first try and understand who they are because it's important that they reflect their true identity. So who they are, if they are more like natural, more sporty person, if they are more fancy, we will go to, towards that. And, and then I ask a few questions about what are their goals because I'm a coach, I'm there to, to help them in achieving their own goals. So what are their goals, why they came to see me, and how I can help them. So basically, they come, they already know what they want, and I can help them in many ways. It can be appearance itself, because image coaching can be image internally or image externally. So if it is image internally, I work on the emotional intelligence, the attitude part, or the self-confidence as well for the self-esteem. 
and externally it's the appearance itself so how to choose clothes for your body shape how to choose the hairstyle for your face shape or the eyewear accessories the makeup for ladies basically how to dress to match your personality as well this is why i try and understand who we are and so this is this has to do with the external appearance there's also the shopping and the wardrobe planning but there's also the communication part how to deal with other people. And that's where the inner image is important because if they can be aware of their own emotions and the emotions of others, they can better manage it when dealing with other people as well. So there's the communication part and the behavior as well with manners, body language, and all those skills will help them in succeeding towards their goal. I don't know what are their goals when they come at the beginning, they will tell me and we try and find the best way to achieving this goal. And as we go along, sometimes uh, I notice a few things that we need to work on, and then we can still work on other topics as well. And do you find that people, when they, when they come to you, say they've never had any form of coaching before, whether image or internal or external, do they feel uncomfortable? The, the reason I'm asking that is that I think as a society, we, we have improved and we are improving, but as a society, we tend to be, when we're at school or even when we start the workplace, we're very focused in terms of the academics and in terms of getting the job done. More and more now there's emphasis on emotional intelligence and also how you project yourself vis-a-vis -vis others, how you behave with others. Does that come naturally to them? Or do you find that there's a steep learning curve? It's a steep le learning curve, definitely. But often they, they've been suggested by the HR or the director or another coach, a psychologist, to, to see someone else to coach them. So often they are referred by someone else when they come to me. And because they've been referred by someone else, they believe it's important and they are quite relaxed. But if they come on their own, I can feel that there's, they are more stressed because they don't know what to expect. And there's also the a priori. What will the other people think of me if I'm doing a coaching? Does it mean that I don't know how to dress? Does it mean that I don't know how to behave? But luckily, with internet now, we see a lot of things on internet and I think it has changed the mindset. They are more and more open to coaching, which is quite nice. Yeah. Do you think everyone should have a coach at some point in their lives? I believe everyone should have a coach, but there's different forms of coaching. There's life coaching, there's business coaching, and even coaches have their own coach. So I guess we all need to, we've got goals, and sometimes we need to be reminded, motivated by other people to achieve those goals. And, and sometimes I find as well that if you're, say, you're looking for a professional coach, you're, you're doing your work, you're surrounded by your colleagues, sometimes I think you can be in your own head and you forget that maybe there's another perspective that I can't see because I can only see mine or my colleagues. And I think a coach is useful in showing us, well, take a step back and look at the bigger picture and then, and then you can zone in on working on your goals, etc. So... Yeah. Yes, I guess we've got different personalities. Some people are more introverted, focus on the, on the task to do. Others are more analyzing the situation. So for those who are more focused on the task, they need to be more open about what ha what's happening around them, what other people are seeing, perceiving, thinking of them as well. And when we've got the bigger picture, we can work on the weaknesses and try and improve. But same for those who are more extroverted, sometimes are not task focused enough. And again, we need to look from the outside and find the right balance, yes. Do you think 
that first impressions matter. Definitely. If I'm in image coaching, <laughs> first impressions matter, yes. I see that at work, but also outside of work, we always observe people from far and we form that first impression. So basically, even if we don't know the person, we've thought about something, it's like the cover of a book. When we buy a book, we look at the cover before we buy the book. And if it seems like it's a nice book, we will take the book and maybe read it or buy it. And same, when we meet a person for the first time, we will look at the, their cover, their image, their appearance. And if we like what we are seeing, we will be more attracted to them. And this is when a relationship can start. And I think it's, it's very important what you said at the beginning, because I don't want the audience to be mis, misled into thinking you're only talking about external appearance. You're talking about external and internal, internal. image mm. as well, which are both equally important when you're working with someone on their we'll start with the external first so when you're working with someone on their external appearance do you find now in the 2023 post-pandemic world that there is a bit more resistance to espousing the conventional way of dressing for especially in the corporate world yes definitely things has changed a lot those last few years a lot of companies the corporate world, a lot of companies have gone towards a dress down, which normally would be only on Fridays. Now we will see the business casual nearly every single day. And what's happening is sometimes the employees are so relaxed that they don't realize that it's also impacting on the way the other people perceive them, the relationship and the communication as well. Since it has changed a lot with those last years, I think some companies have realized that it's still important. Although we are going towards the business casual or the more relaxed way of dressing, image still remains important. There's still the image and the reputation of a company. And it's important to, to have a good guideline to make sure that we remain professional. Image is not only about clothes, it's also about grooming, mm -hmm. the choice of shoes, of accessories, and the behavior as well. So basically, yes, the way we dress has changed, but we still need to make sure that the, the rest of our appearance, the grooming, still remains very professional. And now coming on to the internal image. So Say you're coaching a group of executives at a, at a bank, for example, and you're talking to them about their internal image. I think some of the things, we spoke a little bit about conditioning. Say they have decades and decades of conditioning where they, they just don't know how to you know, behave in, in a group environment. Maybe behave is a bit of a strong word, but they've never been taught that their internal image is important. Where should they start? Do, do they have to do some work internally first yes we need to work on ourselves understand who we are what are our strengths our weaknesses what are the things that triggers in terms of emotions that might put us under stress that might make us angry frustrated when we understand our emotion it's better to be able to manage those emotions and before we start dealing with people we must understand who we are so Image is about working on ourselves internally first, understanding who we are, where we want to be, what are the things that might affect us, where it comes from, why are we angry in some situations, where does it come from, is it from when we were a kid, what did we experience, why do we live at, what are our values as well. So often those things might affect who we are now, our emotions, our values, our upbringing, our expectations as well and our beliefs. So 
sometimes it's our beliefs as well, like limiting beliefs. Sometimes we've got beliefs that it's not good to talk about money, for instance. Mm -hmm. And if I'm selling something and I was told that I mustn't talk about money, that it's not good, it's difficult for me to talk about money with my clients as well. So when dealing with people, we must first work on ourselves, better understand who we are. And then from there, we can build up with external appearance. So when you're advising companies or when you're, you, you know, you're coaching their employees, surely, I mean, everything you've described, it can't be achieved in one session, surely. Mm. It depends on the company. Some companies ask me to work just on the external appearance and coach their employees. So external would mean the clothes, the behavior, the manners. Some companies would ask me to coach the communication as well. So depending on what they want, I need to adapt my, my coaching session. It can be uh, one, two, three days. Sometimes it's done on a month. I see them a few times. The, the best thing is to do it regularly, but shorter sessions so that we can still improve and have questions and we talk about that and then we move on to the next point. I find sometimes as well that you do, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day. We all have busy lives. The danger in doing a one-off session is that at the end of a session, you feel empowered, you feel great, you're top of the world, and then you fall back into old habits if you don't need that continuous. When coaching a company, do you advise them to kind of do a sort of almost like a yearly check-in or just to see whether there's progress? A lot of companies do it regularly, like a, a refresher. They do it maybe one year, every six months. Often they have new entrants, so that's when they do it again. They use it as an opportunity. We're doing it again because we've got new entrants and everyone's going to do it. It's a reminder. Sometimes it's done in a different way. We can use, let's say we had a coaching on grooming and appearance. The next time we do another theme, but we still talk about grooming and appearance. Yes. Just as a side, um, yeah, as a side topic. A, a little yeah. refresher mm -hmm. while talking about something else. You train people after the pandemic, did you see an increased need for coaching? Did it stay the same or is it less <laughs> before? Actually, I, th I think it has increased since the, the COVID. I was quite worried during the of COVID. Course, what will happen? You, had, you couldn't do face-to-face uh, -face training. I couldn't yeah. do face-to-face -face training. And what will happen? Will people continue investing in training? But I think at that time, a lot of people were thinking about themselves, where do they want to go? What do they want to do? What do they want to be? Uh, some people have changed jobs completely. So I think it was just for, for most people a way of asking the right questions, maybe at an earlier stage, because some of them it might be very early. But uh, this has created a big opportunity in terms of coaching, because once they went back to work, a lot of people individually, but also companies, wanted to coach their, their employees. So, what, what do you think would be the sort of the three top qualities that, I, I know it's a very broad question, so I apologize in advance. Three broad qualities someone should possess from an image perspective, both internal and external. What, what are the things you, if you had to coach someone for the first time and they're kind of green, so fresh out of, not necessarily school, but they don't know nothing about, what would you say, you know, so as not to overwhelm them information, focus on these three things, work on these three things first? So for me, everything starts with a great first impression. Okay, that's the starting point when we talk of customer service, sales or, or dealing with people. So I would say appearance, the presentation skills, how we present ourselves. The communication skills as well, which is affected by our attitude 
So communication skills, so we must have good attitude or good emotional intelligence to be able to communicate well. And the third point, I would say behavior. Again, attitude will influence our behavior. So behavior in terms of manners, in terms of body language, uh, the way we behave is really important. Actually, in terms of first impressions, there was a study carried out in the 1960s, which said that in terms of first impressions, appearance counts for 55% of the first impression. External, external appearance. appearance. The behavior, the body language, counts for 38%, which is quite important. And then what we say counts for 7%. So, so only 7%? Only 7%. It's like the cover of a book. We don't buy a book. We don't look what's inside the book if we don't like the cover of the book. So they don't really listen to, to you if they don't like you. They need to appreciate you. And in terms of relationship with people, if they like what they see, they will be more relaxed, they will talk more easily. So it will build up the relationship, better communication, better to satisfy their needs. But they will be more relaxed, so they will listen more easily. But if they don't like you, they will still listen, but not listening to understand you listening to find out the errors because they don't like you. Yes, or they just want to move on, so they're just yeah. pretending to listen to yeah. you and moving on. What do you think about eye contact? I, I know it's a random question, but I'm asking that because I've, in my day-to-day -day world, so we do a lot of, we're, we're lawyers, we're transactional lawyers, I often come across people who just don't look me in the eye. I don't know whether they, it's their natural state or whether they feel uncomfortable or what, what are your thoughts on that? So it, this is, is body language. So I've always been taught since I'm a kid, you must look at the person in the eyes. It's good manners to look at the person in the eyes. It shows that you are interested in them as well. And in communication, eye contact is really important. But there's a way of looking at the person, of course. Uh, and I often see people, they're looking at you, but they also look at up the whole body, mm -hmm. up and down, and this is not really prof professional. Of course. So when we look at the person, it's here that we need to look at the person. And we must look at the person for more than half of the conversation, but not the full conversation. If you look at them for too long, they might right. feel embarrassed. So you look at them, but without realizing you are closing your eyes, you're looking on the side, and then you're coming back to them again. It's fascinating. I've got another random question for you. That's because my colleagues tease me in the office and I might come across as sounding incredibly macho, but I often judge a person in relation to their handshake. And you were, you were going to say that. <laughs> I hate, I just can't stand limp handshake or I, I don't know, It's maybe it's my conditioning. Were you, were I don't you know. taught? I was taught, so when I was applying for law firms in the UK, we had some training sessions from our university. Actually, no, it wasn't from the university. It was at the law firm itself. We did internships during school holidays and they were training us to then apply for a job at the law firm. And one of, we had a whole session I wouldn't say the whole session covered handshake, but they spent at least 15 minutes talking about handshake. And they said, first thing you come in an interview, you look at the person in the eye, firm handshake, you wait for them to sit down and then you sit down. That's always stayed with me. It has to do with the manners as well. I was also taught as a kid, my father always said, when you meet a person, you must do a good handshake. <laughs> and it must be a strong handshake so that the person knows that, that you are not weak and that they can't walk on your feet. So I've, I've been always taught that. And when I did my marketing management studies, I also had a full topic on body language. And they taught us about the first impressions and the importance of handshakes, high contact, and body language as well, like open posture when meeting people. But 
handshake is basically we are entering in someone else's space. So we don't do it for long. We just hand have a space, we shake the hand and then we go back. It's a way of showing respect. I'm here for you and I'm ready to go in your space for you. But I'm not staying too long because I'm polite. Yes. And during the handshake, it must be strong enough so that the person knows that you have a strong personality, but not too strong that you are not going to be, you mustn't, you mustn't hurt them. You mustn't be too pushy, you mustn't be too authoritative. So you're sending a personality, I'm confident, I'm not weak, but I'm not overconfident as well. So we still show manner, but at the same time, we are showing an aspect of our personality. Just like the eye contact, you said, is someone looking down because it's their personality? Yes, some introverted people, would, it will be difficult for them to look in the eye. Sometimes it's cultural as well. Some people have learned that it's you you disrespectful to yes. look too long. So they've learned that don't look at the person in the eyes. Yes, you should look down. Now, how else do you express confidence? If, if say, someone with a right handshake, smile on their face, they look at a person, particularly for a person who has not low self-esteem, but who's not too sure of themselves, how can they fake it until they make it, if I may say it like that? Uh, there are different ways of doing it. One technique is visualization, pretending that you can do it in your head. If you can see it in your head, it will be easier when you will meet the person. So if you can visualize yourself, you will always already feel confident and it will be seen in your body language. I use, in my coaching, I use uh, the power poses. So it's like superheroes. I tell them to take superhero postures. And it's, it's said that the mind and the, the body are related. So when you think of something in your head, the body will show it. But if you show it with your body, the head will follow as well. So if I'm already taking a posture of confidence, I will feel confident in my head. And each time I do, do this exercise with people, they say, oh yes, I feel so strong and I, see, I feel so powerful now. Or if they are angry or sad and I tell them to do this exercise and then they come out and they say, I don't feel angry anymore. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So okay. it's even like the smile when we meet a person, the, the smile must be a sincere smile and it's difficult to, to give a sincere smile when if we are angry. not happy. Yes. So by visualizing something that makes us happy, it's easier to give a sincere smile or by really laughing and smiling, we will be smiling sincerely. So sometimes I, I call it the laughing therapy and we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And then we feel so relaxed that they are laughing for, for, for real. real. When they probably initially, they weren't feeling no, like that No, at the beginning, at it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it just felt unnatural. Yeah. And, then, and then it yes. becomes natural. It's, the more you laugh, the more you will laugh. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you said about visualization. I was reading this book recently where it was talking about some athlete. And I think, I can't remember which athlete it was, but had suffered some, some disappointments training for the Olympics. And then for one year, all they did, obviously they trained physically, but also what they did in their head is that they visualized them running around the track. For a whole year, they did that every day on top of their day-to-day -day training. And on the day of the final, on the day of the race, the race went exactly how they had visualized it every single day for the... So I do believe that, as you said, the mind and the body, because you're training your mind, you're training your body and you're training your mind at the same time. So. I think the body will follow the mind. So without realizing, if in the head they can visualize that they are running the whole track easily, the legs will follow without them realizing. Yeah. And, and it's quite nice. And also, also I think it 
gives the confidence, you feel that you can. There's an exercise that I do in my coaching where I ask them to put their hands in front of them and to move their arms to the maximum. And often they only move a little bit and I say, is that your maximum? And they say, yes, that's my maximum. And then I tell them now, close your eyes and visualize yourself doing that exercise. But you're not stopping at the same place. This time you are going much way above what you just did. And they visualize it once, twice, three times. And after that, when I asked them to do the exercise again, because in the head they felt they could, they're pushing themselves. I think we, we, we limit ourselves. We stop, we, we do a strict minimum. Often we know we can do more, but we don't, we find excuses to stop. It's fine, I did enough now, it's exactly. okay. Exactly, it's good enough. That's what I was going to say. We think it's good enough because we've done enough, but I always, I'm always of the school of thought, that how can you grow if you're limiting yourself at, as you said, it's just enough. So I've, I've ticked the box. I don't need to go outside the box because I've ticked the box. Yeah. But how I think the best way to grow is, is to challenge We must um, get yourself. out of our comfort zone. Yes. And I always say as well to, to not fear failure because, again, that's how we learn. That's how we grow, I think. How can people get in touch with you, Daniela? Do you only do corporate workshops or do you do one-to-one -one coaching as well? No, I, I do both individual coaching, so one-to-one -one coaching and group sessions for companies as well. Even individually, sometimes I've got two or three people, like a family, oh, nice. two sisters, uh, two friends that come and see me and we can work together. It's quite fun because one will share the story of the other person. Sometimes they can't see themselves like that and the other person gives their opinion. So basically, if someone wants to reach me, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram. So Perfect. yes, Perfect. through the social media, you can get touch with, with Thank me. you so much. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Keep smiling. Thank you. Thank you for seeing <laughs> and, me today. Yeah, it was no, a, pleasure a pleasure to finally meet you. Yes. And yes, because we've, we've spoken online and on, on WhatsApp, but because I meet the coaching and I think we will need some refreshers soon as well. So. With pleasure. <laughs> with Thank pleasure. You, Thank you, Thank you.